Acts chapter 1. Last week we read this, uh, this passage, and uh, this week we uh, continue with it because last week I, I uh, talked about, I actually started from the backside and went from all the earth, then Samaria, then Judea, and then Jerusalem, talked about it backwards, and uh, talked about uh, what we're doing up in St. Croix Falls and so on and so forth, the vision of what God's doing in the St. Croix Valley. And uh, this week I'm going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it the, f- the straight forward. We're going to go forward and talk about things because I want to end up with going to all the world because that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. I just want to talk it through again and give you some examples of how God wants us to actually... Uh, uh, practically use the God or or, uh, be a part of the kingdom walking out the gospel in the world around us. So Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 6, says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And so Jesus was... Was, uh, had been teaching for three years. He had been leading his people, uh, leading the disciples. Now he had revealed himself. He had risen from the dead. He had revealed himself to all of these folks. And they were ready. They were ready for this to start happening. They were ready for the kingdom to be established. What they didn't realize that the kingdom had already been established. And that the kingdom was for the king to be put in place. For the kingdom, or for the king, to be a uh, uh, crowned to be coronated and then in that kingdom his subjects were going to do the rest of the work i heard somebody say this one time and at first i was like wow i don't know about that theology theologically but i've ever since then i was like that's exactly the way it is jesus has already done absolutely everything he'll ever do let me say that again jesus has already done absolutely everything he needed to do and is going to do the bible says that when he rose into heaven when he uh was was uh, taken up into heaven that he sat down at the right hand of the father he sat down his work's done he accomplished everything that he needed to do to, to, for sin to be forgiven, for, for uh, the, the kingdom to be ready to be established. And before he left, he gave his subjects, the, the subjects of the kingdom, he gave them their, their, their marching orders. Here's what we're going to do. They thought it was an earthly kingdom. They thought it was a, you know, a, a palace with a throne and armies and the whole nine yards. And what it really is, is a spiritual kingdom which is more powerful than an earthly kingdom. A spiritual kingdom moves earthly kingdoms. And it's a spiritual kingdom where the king rules. And the king gives gives the orders and the subjects follow those orders. And he left it up to 12 guys and a bunch of other people who had no Bible degrees. They had no very little experience. They had, I mean, they wouldn't have been the folks you would have picked. 
to take the kingdom to the world. Isn't that, to me, that's actually encouraging. Because I'm one of those unqualified, un- ill-prepared people that I just said, oh, okay, count me in, I'm in, let's go. He said to them, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. Why? What are we witnessing? We're witnessing what Christ has done for us. And we're being a witness to what God is still doing in this earth. You can't be a witness without seeing something. You can't be a witness without having something to witness to. So, do you have a witness? If you're born again, yes. Because I once was lost and now I'm found. I once was blind and now I see. I once didn't have purpose and now I do. God changed me. That testimony alone, what God has done in your life, is enough to change whole groups of people. The only thing that needs to be done is spoken out. When you share your testimony, a few weeks ago I shared my testimony, and it seems it's funny because whenever I share my testimony, somebody always comes up and went, oh my gosh, thank you. I needed to hear that. That was powerful. When I've heard other people's testimonies, it's like, oh my goodness, it changes my life. The best testimony I ever heard. Do you want to hear the best testimony I've ever heard? The best testimony I ever heard was the young man who, who introduced Debbie to me. Well, actually, he wanted to date her, and he brought her to the meeting, and I stole him, her from him. <laughs> Full disclosure. But this kid was a mess. This kid was a, he was a, in high school. He was the very first homeless person I ever met. He was 17 years old. His parent, his mom, his dad was never around. His dad never, never really, pers- you know, practically never existed. His mom got sick and tired of me around and said, get out of my house. She didn't care. She didn't call the police and say, you know, to take care of him, somebody take care. She didn't care if anybody took care of him. She said, get out of my house. He lived on the streets when I first met him. He was a, before I met him, he was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic already by his 17. He was messed up. But, when I met him, he was born again. And somebody had taken him in, somebody was, you know, had, had, been, had been ministering to him. And one day I asked him, I said, hey, Corey, I said, how'd you get saved? And he goes, wow, that's pretty, it's kind of an interesting story. He said, somebody invited me to a Youth for Christ meeting. So he said, I went to the Youth for Christ meeting thinking, hey, you know, there's probably girls there. I've known a lot of people who get saved by going to church for the very first time because there's girls there, or guys. <laughs> and he goes, okay, so he went. And he said, he sat in the meeting, and the guy who was speaking that night is an actual, he's a personal friend of mine, another guy, his name is Scott. And he said, this guy Scott was, was speaking, and he said, he said he felt like he was supposed to share his testimony. And so Scott shares his testimony. He says, he goes, yeah, he says, I've never in my life taken a drink. I've never in my life smoked a cigarette. I've never taken an illegal drug ever. He says, I don't have a swearing problem. 
He says, I don't really have a lust problem. He says, there's, I mean, he says, I grew up a good kid. Now, I knew Scott growing up. He was annoying. <laughs> he was all of it. He was just, he was like that, that clean, squeaky, clean guy that you, you, know, you knew in high school. He was like, perfect. He's annoying. He was telling the truth. He says, I never, I've never done anything you know, illegal. I've never you know, killed anybody. I've never robbed a bank. I've never done any of those things. But I needed Jesus. And Corey said, when he heard that, he said, if that guy needs Jesus, I need Jesus. <laughs> I was like, that is the best testimony in the world. I don't, you know, it isn't that you have to be the worst person in the world and God saves you out of it. Praise God, he does that kind of stuff. But everybody needs, needs Jesus. And he takes the foolish things of the world and confounds the wise. And so... The kingdom is made up of ordinary people being a kingdom subject, sharing the good news that Jesus came to save us from every sin we'll ever commit and every sin we ever have commit, committed and to give us a life worth living. That is the kingdom message. And everybody needs to hear that. Because everyone has to make a decision. You don't get into the kingdom by, by, you know, osmosis. You don't get grandfathered into the kingdom. Well, my parents were saved, so I'm saved. I'm not Muslim, so I must be Christian. No, it's a choice that each person has to make. And the Bible says, how can they choose if they don't hear? And how can they hear unless someone comes to them and preaches? And how can someone come to them and preach unless they're sent? Why does the kingdom, why did Jesus say, go into all the world, preach the gospel? First in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because that's how the kingdom moves. That's how the kingdom continues to, to, to expand and grow. It's one person at a time making that decision. If he needs Jesus, I need Jesus. But somebody has to tell him. Somebody has to say something. Somebody has to do something. So we have this, this passage that we used last week, and it says, first of all, go into Jerusalem. And we talked about how Jerusalem is our hometown. It's our area. It's our neighborhood. It's our workplace. It's our school. It's the place that, that we're at most of the time. Because we need to reach those people that we're around most of the time. You know, for instance, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I know some people that work for 3M, but they all go to church here. Almost all of them go to church here. And there's, there's a whole lot of people who work for 3M that need to hear, Jesus, hear about Jesus. Who's going to minister to them if they don't go to church, if they don't listen to, to Christian radio or watch Christian TV? It's the people who go to through work at 3M. You know, who construction workers, teachers, uh, factory workers, whatever it may be, God need, has placed each and every one of us in a situation, in a place where we are to be salt and light to everybody around us. That's what we do. And we do other things. We, we reach out in other ways into our community. And that's the first thing I want to talk about today, is that coming up at the first, first week of August, the last week of July, first week of August, is the, is the Washington County Fair. I just happen to have the Washington County Fair sign up. Isn't that amazing? Washington County Fair. Every year, we've done this for many, many years. 
what we do is we set up, and we now have done it so long, and we've had such a good rapport with the fair, that they actually set up our booth for us. Well, they set up the tent. We set up the rest of the booth. We go down there, we set up, we have shade, we have, we have chairs, we have fans on a hot day, they can sit with a breeze. We have veggie tails playing on a TV with some little chairs in front of it so that, so that their kids can go over there and they can have a few moments of peace and quiet. We have napkins on the table, we have, they can come over and they can eat all of their greasy food. Praise God. Greasy fair food. Thank you, Jesus. God bless America. They can sit down and eat and, you know, and actually have a place to sit down and they can, it's in the shade. It's just a wonderful place. And on the, on the table is a, a little box that says, we're praying for you. If you have any prayer requests, drop them in the box. It's been powerful. Things that people write down. Why? Because at the fair, everybody's got big smiles or they're dizzy because they just got off the tilt a whirl or whatever. They're having fun eating their greasy food, but deep down inside, they're hurting. Many of them are lost. They don't know Jesus, and they need to. It's been amazing. We, we know very non-confrontive. We have somebody there who's wiping off tables, making sure that everything's clean after every meal because greasy food leaves grease. So we wipe down the tables, we make sure everything's clean, we pick up all the garbage, we, we serve them. We serve them. That's what this is all about, is we serve them. And it's been absolutely amazing over the years. You know, hundreds of people come through there every day. And every once in a while, somebody goes, hey, I've got a question for you. We've had people, I mean, we have all kinds of people who drop the, the prayer requests into the box. But every once in a while, somebody will come back and say, can you pray for me right now? I was there one of the, one of the times we were there because we usually take a, a night. I was sitting there by myself because the kids had gone for rides, you know, and, and uh, I was sitting there wiping tables because it was slow. And a guy came back and he said, he goes, hey, he says, uh, I put a, a prayer request in the box, but as I walked away, I felt like I should probably come back. He says, I need more than that. He said, my mom is, has Alzheimer's. She doesn't remember any of us. She's probably going to die, but that's even worse because I can't say all the things I wanted to say. He said, can you pray for me? Huh. I said, absolutely. I was able to talk to him, share the love of God with him, tell him that Jesus loved him, prayed with him. I've heard of stories, all kinds of stories like that. All kinds of people, just regular people, regular people like you. Who just, they're there at the right place at the right time when God needed somebody to minister something. You might think, well, wait a second, I, I, I can't do that because I don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He said, you don't have to have the words in the moment. Just love them. Just tell them, hey, let's pray. You got the word in you. You have the word in you. You know you can do that. You can, you can, it's amazing that when, that when that moment comes and they ask a question, all of a sudden you go, I got the answer. I was reading that scripture this morning. Here, can I read this to you? Let's pray. You'll be amazed. You'll be absolutely amazed. Here's the deal. I'm going to send this sign up around. There's, there's times, it's usually a four-hour block. 
I think it's like three, four hours. I don't know. I can't see it right now. I don't have my glasses on. Look it over. It can be one person. It can be a family. It can be children. We'll get you into the fair for free. We buy the tickets. You just show up. It could be two people that have no relation except that you happen to sit in the same row as somebody else. However it works out, we, we, we want you to be there. We want you to be a part of that and, and sign up for that. It says, you know, name of adults and kids, names of, you know, whatever, just you write it up. We'll make sure that we get that get, get communicated to you and get you there that night. We'll get you the tickets. We'll, we'll show you how to do it. Wendy... Uh, Hauk is going to be overseeing that this year because Pastor Karen is going to be in Hungary. Wendy's going to get in touch with you. She'll tell you what you need to do. She'll get you all the supplies. She'll get you in the door. It'll be all set up. It's an amazing opportunity to be a witness in Jerusalem, our home area, where we live. Anybody can do it. Here's the deal. My dad, and I thought of this story this morning when I was, when I was getting ready. I'm going to send, start sending this around. I always start in the sides. We're going to start in the middle. Ushers, can you make sure it gets to everybody all the way around? My dad, when I was a little kid, I don't know how old I was. It was at least sixth grade. So maybe it was seventh grade or eighth grade. So that's what, 13, 14 years old. My dad was a factory worker. He worked in a meat packing plant. He wasn't theological at all. He read the word. But he, you know, my dad's a very quiet, very stoic, very, very tough guy. And he, he's not the one, he's not a preacher. But in my youth, one of the biggest impacts ever in my life was the year that he and my mom signed up to work the fair booth. I mean, my dad didn't preach to anybody, ever. He, you know, he wasn't the witnessing type. But he went and worked the fair booth. And I still remember being in the fair booth, sitting behind him, because you've got to go, because I'm one of the kids now. You know, I mean, I, I went because mom and dad went. And watched my dad share his faith. Impacted me. Deeply. He'd be standing there at the booth scared to death, I could tell. One of his co-workers would walk by, and they'd walk by, Neats? Look up at the sign, Neats? Church? My dad goes, yeah, yeah, it's the church we go to. Really? Huh, wouldn't have pegged you for that. But, handing out information, handing out tracts, handing out stuff talking with these guys, it changed me. It, it was something to see my dad do that touched me deeply. I encourage you to do it. Do it with your family. Do it with somebody you don't know. If you're, you know, singles, psh, find somebody else who will go with you. If you've never done it before, do it. If it scares you, we're going to be talking about Samaria here in just a little bit, places you don't want to go. One of them may be the fair. Amen? Sign up on that. I highly, highly, highly want to encourage you before the sign-up sheet gets too far around. We really need help on Tuesday the 30th, which isn't a fair day, but it is set-up day. 
And usually it's, I'm there, Deb's there, uh, Pastor Greg, uh, Pastor Karen, my, you know, Ethan, my son, other people, because we're there. We're able to t- you know, do that that day during the day. But there's going to be a bunch of us gone. Debbie's going to be here, but Ethan's gone, I'm gone, Pastor Karen's gone. It all, all of it's going to fall on Debbie, and, and uh, 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 I just said your name, I know your name, <laughs> Wendy, and uh, Pastor Greg. I highly encourage you to show up. Oh, and, and Warren always shows up. Warren's always there. Show up that day. Help set up. It's, it takes, what, about an hour, hour and a half? If you're, there's more hands on deck, it's even easier. That day, sh- please, that we really, if you could be there, bring your kids. You know, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you have a bunch of kids, bring your kids. You get in free anyway. That day is not charged. Come in, set up. The other time that we, I highly recommend somebody helps out is on Tuesday or on Monday the next week after the fair because it's teardown day and it's going to fall on them again, okay? And so please, come on out for that. Uh, help set up, help tear down. Many hands might make light work, amen? You know, many hands make light work. doesn't sound like a phrase you would hear during a sermon. Unless, of course, you're talking about the kingdom. The kingdom's about putting our hand to the plow and doing what God's called us to do. Amen? Amen. All right. Jerusalem. Judea. Judea. We talked about how Judea is the region, the, the bigger region that we're in. You know, and the bigger region being the St. Croix River Valley. Washington County is this right here where we're at. But God has also given us responsibility for this whole area, for the, the, our Judea, the region in which we live. Washington County, Dakota County, what's north of here? Chisago County, Pierce, St. Croix County, Dunn County, uh, uh, Polk County. This whole area up and down the river. God has put it on our hearts to minister to this area. And how do we do that? Well, so far we've started churches. There's a church in St. Croix Falls, and that's what we talked mainly about last week, was that, was that uh, you know, Jonah and Amy and their kids are going to be starting to go up there, and they're going to be uh, ministering up there on a regular basis. Uh, Tom Ludeman is going to be going up on a regular basis and preaching Tom and, and uh, his lovely wife. Names. I apologize for names. I just, right off front, Rhonda. I, I, this week, I met somebody that just kind of knew here. I was talking to him, and I went, I can't remember your name. You're, you're one of us now, because I can't remember your name. If I, if I remember your name, then you're still new, okay? So, I'm getting to be 50 already, so, you know. So, St. Croix River Valley, the vision for the valley, what's going on? So, uh, uh, <laughs> Jonah and Amy are actually, <laughs> if you had all the thoughts going through your head and have to speak something out, want, pick one of them and speak it out, it's really hard. Jonah and Amy and the boys, there's Will and what's the other son's name? Huh? Jake. Will and Jake, uh, their, kids, their, their kids, they're up there this week, they're going to start plugging in, they're going to be there, they're going to start going to church here for the next month, and they're just, they're just there, they're getting to know the people, so on and so forth. Um, the 18th of August, Sunday the 18th of August, we're going to be going up during that service up there, and I'm going to be ministering with uh, uh, 
the, the sermon there. We're going to be praying for Pastor Paul and Sonia and, and sending them on their way. It's going to be a blessing for them. And then we're going to be installing um, uh, Jonah and Amy as the pastor there and ministering to them. And then we're going to be having a meal afterwards. And so in, how do we as a congregation support that? How do we go to our Judea? You know, do we go to all the, individually go to all these places? No. We, we do support them. How can we support them? I, you know, I had it on my heart. Here's what I'd like for you to do. If you're on Facebook, find those two out. Search those two out. Friend them. And then send encouraging notes. You know, send them messages. If you have their, we can get, the, get you their email. It's, it's uh, jonah.fetzer at rvcc.info jonah.fetzer at rvcc.info you can send them an encouraging note hey we're praying for you you know we care about you guys because they're going out they're they're going out to somewhere that that they don't know it's new for them it's strange it could be a little scary as a pastor it's very scary you know i mean you have all these things that are going on and so i encourage you to encourage them in that way other ways um this is a very early on in the process, and I need to talk to the staff about this. But on the 18th, all of a sudden I had this idea. I think it's a great idea. I don't know how it works. And maybe I shouldn't talk about it now. <laughs> oh, great. What are we doing now? You know? I think we should all go to church up there that Sunday. I think we just all go up there. I think we just shut the door here, put a sign in the door saying we're in St. Croix Falls at the church, and we just all show up for that service. I like that. Okay. You'll hear more about it, how that's going to work out, whether I got overruled by the staff or whatever throughout the next couple of weeks. I can't. I'm not saying it was thus saith the Lord. I'm just saying I just think it's a cool idea. Wouldn't it be great to have everybody just show up and pack the room out? So if, you, if everybody pushed into the center here, then you'd still be not enough chairs. I mean, it just that would be, that's how big the sanctuary is up there. It's awesome. But it'd be fun. It'd just be fun to be up there, and then we'll have a meal together, and, but support them. And it's not only for Joan and Amy, it's for the rest of the people, too. It's for everybody else to go, wait a second, we're, we're not here alone. We're, we're, not, we're part of something bigger. Amen? Amen. So how do we do that? How, some, some may go. You know, we've had people who have come, who said, who've come to me and said, hey, I think I'm supposed to go to church up there. And they, and they go start going to church up there, supporting them uh, in that ministry up there. Hey, I'm all for that. I'm not going to say, which, you, know, you should go and you should. No, I'm not trying to, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if, if it's possible, you know, if, if it's on your heart, God's leading you, that's something you should do. Because we want to be a support in all, the, in all those different ways. Amen? Amen. Samaria. Ooh, Samaria. I've heard some, I've heard some uh, conversations have been going on about Samaria. And uh, Samaria being, like I said last week, the place where you don't want to go. Where you don't want to go. There are times when God calls you to go where you don't want to go. I talked about that last week. For me, it was the hospitals. I, don't, I didn't like hospitals. I just didn't like going around sick people. Why would you do that on purpose? But then after, God changed my heart. God, God you know, when, when uh, Deb and Ethan were in the hospital, and I was there for five weeks, and you know, Ethan was in the intensive care, huh, I get it now. I got it. It's important. It's important to go to hospitals. It's important to, to minister to the sick. It's important. It's, it's something we're supposed to do. But there's all kinds of places that people don't want to go. State, you know, county fairs. 
county fair sitting at a booth with the possibility that somebody might ask a question. But you'll be amazed to see what God does. I want you to notice something out of, that, out of those verses. It says, the, the way he said it, the way Jesus said it is, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and the ends of the earth. We didn't get, you know, we don't get a choice. He didn't say, if you want to, hey, I got an idea for you guys. If, you, if it works for you, if it's in your timing, you might want to be a witness every once in a while. Tell you what, guys, hey, you know, if, if it if it's just, you know, just turns your crank, you know, and you just really get into that kind of thing, why don't you go into Judea or Samaria? No, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will go into Jerusalem. You will go to Judea. You will go to Samaria. You will go to the places you don't want to go. Why? Because we're not part of a, of a, of a spiritual democracy. Did you catch that? We're not part of a spiritual democracy. We're part of a spiritual kingdom. And, when, and, and the cool thing about kingdoms is when the kingdom says jump, in mid-jump you ask how high. Yes, Lord. Where do you want me to go? Samaria. Well, you want to experience the grace of God? Have you ever, you ever just thought, I wonder what the, a full, all-out grace of God download is like? Go to Samaria. Because you'll get there and you go, I can't believe this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. We need to go to those places. We need to go. We don't get a choice. No, you know, Lord, I'm not going to do stuff like that. I'll do anything you want me to do. I don't want to do that. I said that a few times in my life. One of them was about being a pastor. I'll do anything you want me to do, God. I'll be a missionary. I'll go to the foreign field because I like to travel. See, so that's easy, you know. I'll do anything you want me to do. Just I do not in any way, shape, or form want to be a pastor. <laughs> and it says that God sits in the, in the heavenlies and laughs. Why? Because he knows exactly what we need to do. Why? Because it's about humbling ourselves. It's about humility. It's about allowing him to lead us. Letting him be the king. So right now, if, the, if that uh, sign-up sheet is going by you and you go, nah, you know, I'll wait for the next, uh, next thing to come, you know, that the next uh, outreach will be much, you know, I'll do that one. You may want to just sign your name against your will. Samaria, go into, go into the places you don't want to go. The first time, I, we lived in River Falls for 14 years. The first time I ever drove through River Falls, I was on my way to college the very first time, went through River Falls, and, and I still remember the, my thought and my words that came out of my mouth. I said, who in the world would ever want to live in this podunk little town? <laughs> and I'm sure God just made a little mark in his book there. Okay, guess where you're going to spend 14 years of your life? <laughs> and you know what? It was, it was 14 of some of the best years of my life. Amazing. I mean, I love River Falls. The only reason I love River Falls is that God moved us here. Didn't want to move here. Sure glad we did. This is awesome. When he leads you, he'll take you places you don't necessarily want to go, but he'll show you why it's important that you're there. Because he needs you there. He needs you to go there. Amen? And then in the uttermost parts of the earth. This Friday, we're leaving for Hungary and Romania. We have a team of 14 people 
Some of them, most of them are here. Many of them are here. Many are, are not here for obvious reasons. I want to read the names real quick. It's going to be in the bulletin. It has been in the bulletin for quite a while now. But I want you to hear how do we be a part of this. Well, many of you have given. Obviously, you can be praying. Please be praying. This uh, next week on Sunday, uh, we'll get it in the bulletin. We'll also get it on the, the website and the Facebook We'll get our itinerary posted. You'll know where we are day by day, what's going to be happening those days, so that you can be praying. I, I highly encourage you, please pray uh, for us. But I want to read through these names real quick, and these are the folks that are going to be going. As I read that, uh, read these names, if I, when I call your name, actually just start coming up. The team members, if you'd come up now, and we want to pray for us. I want you guys to pray for us as we do this. It's Dan and Marta Lewis. They're in Florida. They'll be, they're leaving tomorrow morning. They're flying out tomorrow morning. They're going to be there all week setting things up. Myself, Pastor Karen. If somebody could go get Pastor Karen, that'd be great. Uh, we want to pray for her. She, I told her we'd be doing it at the end of the service. John and Kyrus Logan. John and Kyrus Logan are going to be going. This is their first time over in Europe. So it's their first time on a mission trip. Over there, they've been. A, he's been on other mission trips, be, but uh, not to Europe. Linda and Katie Klett, it's their first time on a mission trip to Europe, and so uh, their first time on at uh, first time mission trip. Or you've been on mission mission trips before, Mexico, Amen. And so Linda and Katie, and then Chris Surig is Chris. Chris is coming later. He's at, oh, he's at a retreat. Okay, so Chris Surig, uh, Ashley Eager, Jessica Shackley. Is Jessica in here, or she's she's serving? Can we can we get her? Possibly. Okay, they went to get her. Okay, good. So Jessica Shackley, Ethan, my son, he's not here today. Uh, Vern Norton, Vern Norton. Everybody knows Vern Norton. He's actually ministering down in in uh, uh, Ellsworth this morning, and so he can't be here right now. And then Mary Belshner, last but certainly not least, Mary Belshner. And so we want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your financial support. Thank you for your prayers up to this point, and we, we certainly uh, covet your prayers uh, from this point on, and everything that goes on, and praying for us, obviously, on the trip, praying for the people that are there, that the hearts will be open, um, but also praying for our families back home, all the stuff back home, making sure that everything is covered, covered here. And so uh, the last thing that I want you to pray about is I also want you to pray. Some of these are the first time that they've gone on a, on a mission trip with us and as, as a part of this church. I want you to pray about you going. If you have not gone, and I know a lot of people think, well, I'll support those that are going. I'll support them. I'll pray for them. I'll send money. That's awesome. But I encourage you to go. If you notice on, the, on our offering envelopes, and also I believe it's still on our bulletin, we have our goals each year. And one of the goals is, is for every member of our church to go on a mission trip. Everyone. I want every, everyone should experience that. Everyone should see uh, something much, much outside of their own comfort zone. It's, it's important. Why do we go? We could just send money. Because it's not about the money. God can do all kinds of things with money. What, what people, and I've heard this from so many people overseas, they said, you know, we don't necessarily need your money. I mean, money is nice, it pays for things, it gets things done. They said, we need you. Why? Because when they know that they're not the only people, they're not there all by themselves, they're not, there's somebody else in the world who cares about them. And when we're there, everybody shows up. Everybody in the whole village Hundreds of people packed into these small, little, barely stand-up room to hear the gospel. People who don't come any other time will come because the Americans are here 
Okay. <laughs> Whatever it takes to draw the crowd, you know. And then the, then the gospel's preached. And people's lives get touched. But you need it also. That's the thing. Is, is it's, it's for them, but it's also for you. To get ourselves outside of our Jerusalem. Do you notice what it took? This is my word of warning this morning. Do you know what it took to get the disciples and the apostles out of Jerusalem? Persecution. It's important to get out of Jerusalem. We can always come back to Jerusalem. But it's important to get out of Jerusalem at times. Amen? Amen. These are the folks. Why don't you guys put a little room, get a little room between yourselves. And uh, if you feel led, I want you to come up. Brian, can I have you come up and, and pray for us? I'm going to hand you the mic. Hand you the mic first. If you feel it, why don't you, everybody stand. Why don't you come up and come around somebody. Let's, we're, we need to be sent out. It isn't just going, it's about being sent out. So gather around the person you feel led to go. Somebody come around me even if you don't feel led to go. Okay, thank you. And then Brian's going to have the microphone. If you feel like uh, praying also, come and find Brian. Wave him down. He'll get you the microphone when, you're done, when he's done. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity for those that you've called to go out. Father, we ask that you would surround them with your power. Father, said that, that you will do them with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will give them power to witness. And, and Father, we ask that you would go before them, that each and every vehicle that they travel in, each plane is, is fully operative. The, the people are fully attentive. Father, we ask for your blessing on the schedules, Father, on the drivers. Father, we also ask your blessing on Dan and Marta as they've put so much into planning this and, and that you would give them travel mercies tomorrow as they leave. Father, we ask your blessing on Pastor John as he leads the trip and as he is ministering. And, and Father, the words that come out of his mouth are the words that the people need to hear. Father, we ask that you would give everyone perfect health. We declare that sickness is far from them and everything that they touch will be, will be blessed. Father, we ask that all of the food would be Good for them, Father, that there would be no, no sickness at all, that there would be uh, a covering, uh, a hedge of protection around them. Father, we also ask for the people that will be ministered to. We ask, Father, that your Holy Spirit would go before them. Father, that you would prepare each and every heart, that you would draw those that need to hear the Word of God, to, that need to be saved, Father, that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, Father, we ask for boldness for each and every member that travels, Father, that they would know that you are there, you're surrounding them, that you have given them the words to speak, Father, that you will speak into each life through them. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the, the people who've given. We thank you for the money that's there. And, Father, we thank you that every need is met according to the word of God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for safe travels, Father God, for making all their connections, being on the exact plane, bus, airport, when you want them to be there, for just divine appointments, even in their, their flights and who they sit next to, Father God that the mission trip does not start when they land in Romania, Father God, but the mission trip starts because they've decided they're going to go, that you'd start using them even today, Father God, each one of us, Father God, that you keep our eyes open for what you'd have us to say or do, Father God, to the person next to us. So whether it's on their flights and there's people next to them or flight attendants or in the airport, Father God, I thank you that you will put each team member exactly where you want them when they want them father god 
and that there be no room for the enemy. I thank you that you've commanded your angels round about them to guard them in all their ways, Father God, that no weapon of the enemy would prosper, Father God. I thank you that you have a plan for each one of them, and it is a good plan, Father God. I pray that you would prompt, Father God, the saints to pray when you need them to pray, and that you would help each one of us to be obedient, Father God. And I pray for all the families, Father God, that are here, Father God, that they would not be forgotten in prayer either, Father God. I thank you that we are covered in the blood of Jesus. And again, there's just we just say no, there's no room for the devil to cause any kind of disruption or hindrance to your plans and that uh, they would be united, Father God, on this mission trip, that there'd be no room for strife or division, Father God, that they would flow as one, Father God, that you would just be leading and guiding every step and every move, and they would just be flowing as one team in one accord, and that by their love that they have for one another, people would know that they are followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.